Hello, I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome back to the podcast, where I've been reading you Deep in the Woods, book one of the Fortune series, written by New York Times bestselling author Annabelle Joseph. Today, I will continue reading you Annabelle Joseph's book with episode seven. Chapter seven. Dave mixed chemicals in the darkness, a process he rarely did anymore. How long had it been since he'd crouched over the enlarger with sheets of photographic paper, since he'd mucked in development and stop baths? Dark rooms always felt slightly oppressive to him, especially the tiny one he'd created in the unfinished basement of his house. He had chased the light from one small corner, banished it with special filtering walls and sodium vapor light bulbs, and a double door that took up half the space, forcing him to creep around the closet-sized area where he could touch both walls with his arms outstretched. He had processed the hundred or so negatives after tucking Sophie in the bed. He could have gone to sleep next to her and done all this work on a lazy Sunday. But no, he couldn't wait. He had picked out the most interesting shots from the contact sheet, the ones with the most striking composition and best focus, although part of him wanted to print all one hundred so as not to miss even the smallest nuance. Bah! He was sure he would eventually print them all, but not tonight. Tonight he would just print five or six, or seven. Okay, ten at most. He put his mind to the process, exposing the paper, slipping it into the tray of developer. The image appeared slowly over several moments, a magical feeling process he missed since the advent of digital photography. Hello, beautiful girl. She was made for black and white. Her pale skin contrasted beautifully with her dark hair and those eyes. He grew so distracted enjoying her image that he nearly overdeveloped it. He slipped it into the stop bath with a stifled curse and then into the fixer. He placed it on the screen shelf to dry and repeated the process. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Each print was more beautiful than the last. Her wide eyes looked somber, but not unhappy. There was a hint of humility, or perhaps submission, that he recognized. The pairing of the hiding in the bush with her cloaked expression was perfect, and aside from all that, she was just gorgeous in every way. Not photogenic my ass. He wanted to examine them more closely, pore over every detail, but that would take time, and the chemicals were aging. Focus. The screen filled with drying prints. He worked on a couple of the shots he'd taken at the crest of the steep path when she'd stopped and seemed to experience deja vu. They weren't great. He'd snapped them on the fly, in a hurry, but there was something in her expression that compelled him to print them anyway. Finally, he decided to print only three of the nudes where she was standing, the ones where he'd asked her to expose herself. He'd debated whether or not to ask it of her, but she had handled it well. If she'd balked, he wouldn't have gone through with it. As it was, she'd been endearingly brave, burying herself in public. God knew she was still sensitive about those scars. The corners of his mouth drew down in a frown. Those scars. If they remained an issue for him, they would remain an issue for her. He was determined to convince her the scars didn't matter. They didn't matter to him, at least not in the way she feared. No, 
It was just the idea of what she had endured to bear such markings. He thought, as he always did, how badly he wanted to maim Barry. Hopefully Barry would be wise enough to stay away, if he was even in the area any longer. Anyway, Dave could make the scars go away. He adjusted the settings on the enlarger. He would underexpose the prints, just a little. It would give them a fuzzier, softer aspect, and it would minimize or perhaps even hide the scars completely, make the most obvious ones fade into her light skin. It took a few tries in the developer to get the exposure where he wanted it. When he was happy with them, he put them beside the others to dry. The rack was full, and it was late, after midnight. He decided to look at them tomorrow when he could study them in natural light. He stowed the exposed film and then cleaned up quickly under the faint red-orange light. Just as he was rinsing out the last of the trays and laying it in the sink, he heard Sophie cry out. He dropped the tray with a clatter and bolted up to the bedroom. She was wailing. He could hear it even from the stairs. He burst into the room to find Cerberus licking Sophie's face as if to soothe her, but she was caught in a nightmare, her face a canvas of grief. He looked at Dave and whined softly. It's okay, boy. She's okay. He reassured the troubled animal, who slunk over to his bed and curled up with a sigh. Sophie, honey. Dave whispered, lifting her in his arms. Sophie, you're dreaming. Sophie, sweet. She fought him, still in the throes of whatever monsters haunted her dreams. At last she seemed to come to her senses and wake a little, and then her frantic cries turned into something even more disturbing. Heartbroken sobs. No, no, no. She sobbed over and over. No, no. Dave rocked her holding her close. He ached for her distress, but knew she would calm down eventually. This wasn't the first time he'd dealt with this. In fact, the nightmares had come so frequently at the beginning of their DS relationship that he'd almost broken things off with her, fearing he was the one triggering them. She'd pleaded with him not to release her. The nightmares will go away. I know they will. And they had soon afterward. But every so often, out of the blue, Another one arrived. At last, he felt her breath grow more even and her sobs quiet. Her trembling subsided into a tired slump. She turned her head into his shoulder. Okay now? She nodded. He lifted her chin and looked into her eyes in the faint moonlight. Really? Okay? Her gaze slipped away from his. That was a bad one. One last shiver racked her small frame. Do you want to talk about it? No. I don't even remember what it was about. I was just really... Scared? Yes. He caressed her cheek. This isn't... It wasn't this afternoon. No. God, no, Dave. No. This afternoon was fine. It was lovely. Please, don't think I'm having nightmares about you. What are they about, then? You never tell me what you're dreaming. Because I don't... I don't really know. I wake up and they just... She threw up her hands, invisible disappearing dust. They go away. I'm fine, really. I'm sorry I woke you up. I wasn't sleeping yet. I was just coming to bed. 
had developed some of the photos from today, he went on, feeling her relax by degrees, soothed by casual chit-chat. They turned out beautifully. I think I printed at least twenty, although I only intended to print ten or so. We'll look at them tomorrow. When are you going to show me how to use your darkroom? Never. Dave laughed at her pouting expression. Digital is the way to go, especially for amateurs like you. Amateurs? One thing at a time. I think I enjoy our martial arts lessons more. Sophie laughed. Yes, because I excel at them so brilliantly. You do pretty well for a newbie. You almost took my legs out from under me last time. Your problem is that every time I grab you, you go all gooey. There's a reason for that. She looked up at him, smiling. God, if only she knew how he felt when she looked up at him that way. He squeezed her affectionately. I love you, Sophie. From now on, I want you to have sweet dreams. Only sweet dreams. Her hand traced over his pecs and down his stomach. His groin tightened as she looked up at him in invitation. I don't know what on earth might induce me to have sweet dreams. Maybe if something really, really wonderful and relaxing was to happen to me, just as I was drifting off to sleep. Her voice cut off in a yelp and giggle as he tossed her down on the bed. Words, commands, orders crowded his mind. Lie back, spread your legs, open for me. In the end, he just took what he desired without words pulling off her panties and tossing them across the room. He spread her thighs and held them parted wide with his palms, an unspoken order to expose herself to him. He leaned down to taste her sweetness and heat. She tensed, already moaning. She was so sensitive that Oral undid her. It completely broke her down, and not in a good way. The sensation was just so intense for her that it felt painful, even though they weren't in role right now, even though this was only playtime, the sadist in him couldn't resist holding her down and making her squirm, at least for a little while. He licked her center, then flicked her inner labia with light teases that had her shaking her head and begging for mercy. Dave, please. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. Shh. He made sibilant noises against her swollen clit, until she rose up off the bed. Please, please, Dave smiled. I know, baby. Doesn't this feel good? Please, please. He began to nibble and tease her clit. He could barely stifle his laughter as she broke down into a panting, pleading mess. The first time he'd gone down on her, she'd literally screamed for respite. When she'd explained her unusual sensitivity, he had played with her another half hour just for the thrill of seeing her go crazy, much like she was doing now. Oh, God, Dave, sir, please. Her thighs clenched beneath his palms, her hips arched to him in wild, uncontrolled thrusts. Then, just as quickly, she tried to pull and twist away. Soon it became less like loving and more like wrestling. Serby whined softly from his bed and Dave released her to get up and shut the dog out of the room. His cock was bursting. Don't move, 
Keep those legs spread wide for me. He lunged for the drawer and rolled on a condom with world-record speed. She lay still, gasping with relief, and, Dave hoped, the same kind of lust that was racing through his veins. Good girl. You want my fat cock, baby? She made an incoherent noise that sounded very much like, Yes, right now. He fell back on top of her, grappling, pushing, pulling. She arched her back, reaching for a handhold. He pushed her arms to the bed hard and impaled her at the same time. She moaned, writhing under his forceful thrusts, her slick pussy gripping him. Her legs were trembling, and he knew she was already on the verge. No, wait for me. I can't. I can't wait. Wait for me, he growled, biting her neck. He felt every inch of his dick entering and leaving her tight pussy, and it was making him lose his mind. He wasn't going to last much longer either. He leaned down and kissed her hard, capturing her moans and pleas in his mouth. You want to come, baby? She whined against his lips, bucking her hips against him. Her arms struggled to get free, to come around him. No, he whispered in her ear. Answer me. I'm going to hold you down and blow my load inside you, and if you're a good girl, I'll let you come too. But you have to be a good girl. Now answer me nicely. Do you want to come? Yes, sir. Please let me come. The harder he held her down, the harder she came. She fought him with a moan that died to a gasp. She flew apart and went limp, trapped in his arms, breathless fulfillment. He came inside her, groaning her name. Really, truly, Dave, I swear it. Dave scrutinized her from across the breakfast table. You're sure? You're absolutely positive that our playtimes don't bring them on. She rubbed her eyes in frustration. Even if they did, I would still want you to play with me. I live for our times together. But you're not absolutely certain it's not the source of your bad dreams. She looked down and pressed her lips together, no doubt fighting the urge to disobey his no-sass etiquette. Dave was big on fighting fair, and not just in the martial arts arena. No threats, no exaggeration, no storming off when the fights got difficult, no passive-aggressive hiding and stewing. Talk to me, Soph. I am talking to you. She tried to keep her voice modulated. He gave her that. I'm just... Look, I don't know what's going on in my brain, especially when I'm sleeping. I can't control what I dream about. I can only tell you that I love when we play. I can't imagine it giving me nightmares. Dave shifted and ate another segment of grapefruit. Sophie grimaced as he salted it first. I suppose that's a northern thing, she said. It's not a northern thing, and it's delicious. You should try it sometime instead of sitting across from me pulling faces. I don't like the taste of grapefruit. Neither do I. That's why I salt it. Makes it taste completely different. He resisted the urge to force her to try a piece in the interest of keeping their discussion on track. Before breakfast, he had gone downstairs to collect the photographs he'd developed 
and poured over them on the porch while Sophie lazed in bed. The trick with the underexposure had worked perfectly. He showed them to her in the bedroom and was heartened to see her smile. Hopefully, she wouldn't be such a reluctant model anymore. But he didn't show her the last two photos, the ones of her standing bewildered at the top of the steep path. Nor did he show her the cropped versions where he zoomed in on her face. He had stared at her eyes under the red-amber lights, trying to understand her expression. Not fear or confusion, but something more elemental, something he wasn't even close to understanding. So, when is your next appointment with Dr. Perez? Tuesday. Do you talk to her about the nightmares? What does she say about them? She says they're normal, just my mind working through some of the things that happened. Sophie reached across to take his hand, stroking it in that soothing way she had. She says the important thing is to remember that it's over, that I don't ever have to live that way again, and you, more than anyone, help me see that. So please don't get that guilty, suspicious look, like maybe this is your fault. I can't stand when you do that. I just don't want you to stay with me and put up with things because you think you're in love with me when you're really not. I am in love with you. Did you think you were in love with Barry? She clamped her mouth shut and frowned at him. That was different. So different. You never said anything to him, no matter what he did to you. Because I was enslaved. I wasn't in my right mind. Now I am. Don't I seem sane to you? Dave quirked the corner of his mouth to lighten the mood. Well, most of the time I suppose you're halfway normal, but I still don't understand why you never said anything about what he did to you. Even now, now that you realize how he abused you, you refuse to press charges. I was consenting to it at the time. Bullshit. I was. I never told him to stop anything he did to me. I'm sorry, but I find that a little difficult to believe. Well, it's true. She crossed her arms over her chest. Dave fell silent. He hated when he got this way, guilty and suspicious, just as she said, and angry at something he couldn't change. What if he's with another girl now, doing the same things he did to you? Not my problem, she muttered into her pancakes. Anyway, I just don't want to go through some big courtroom drama with lawyers and police and all that shit. Dr. Perez says that's something I need to gauge more carefully in my life. The things I want to do and the things I feel pressured to do. She glared over at him. Or pressured not to do, he replied evenly, returning her gaze. Don't want to upset Daddy, do we? Oh, here we go. She threw up her hands and stood to begin clearing the plates. My decision not to press charges against Barry had nothing to do with my father. If I'd told him I wanted to, he would have supported me. Really? I find that difficult to believe as well. Bad for business. Dave shut his mouth and stood up to help Sophie. Her asshole father was as manipulative as Barry in Dave's opinion, but it got him nowhere trying to point that out to Sophie. Her family, her blood, 
none of his business. They're expecting us Saturday evening for dinner. Great, dinner with the general. He was coming dangerously close to breaking his own rules on sarcasm and disrespect. But the munch is next Saturday, he reminded her. We were planning to go. The munch is at two. Dinner is at seven. Again, Dave bit his tongue. He did this for her because he loved her. Her father and mother were as anxious as him about what she'd been through, so he didn't fault them for wanting to be kept in the loop. But the formal dinners every other Saturday were about as pleasant as a root canal. The casual but probing questions, the assumed suspicion. Well, they weren't stupid. Surely they knew, based on her last relationship, that Sophie had some hardcore kinks. Kinks he was likely to share. He felt he had to constantly prove to them that he meant her no harm, that he loved her. I can try to make up an excuse if you want me to, she offered. No, you're a horrible liar. Anyway, they'll just assume I'm behind you, forcing the lies out of you with my dominant mojo. He bumped her hips and reached over her head to put the dry dishes away in the cabinet. They'll send the SWAT team over. SWAT team my ass, Sophie giggled. What's that? You want me to SWAT team your ass? I think I can make that happen. Her giggles rose to screams as he started to tickle her. Forget floggers and nipple clamps. If he really wanted to torture his girl. Dave, no, stop. She screamed when her pleading wasn't effective. Screams laced with maniacal laughter when she could catch her breath. That's what you get, he said. Torture for torture. I have to eat dinner with your family. Then you get tickled. Now we're even. He smiled as Sophie slid breathlessly to the floor. Had enough? Mercy, seriously, please never do that again. Serby came over and nudged her, licking her face as he stood over her. She patted his muzzle before shoving him away. Don't you start, too. And see, Dave, I just told you to stop very clearly, so I am capable of expressing when you've gone too far with me. Tickling is your hard limit? He shook his head in pretended disappointment. Pathetic. And you call yourself a sub? Wait until they hear about this at the munch. The end of this episode. Come back tomorrow, and I'll read you episode 8 of Deep in the Woods, book 1 of the Fortune series, written by New York Times best-selling author Annabelle Joseph. You can find out more about Annabelle Joseph and her books at AnnabelleJoseph.com. I'm Donovan Kane. Thank you for listening.